The message you're about to listen to is produced by CRIC Media. And look at how to stay on fire for God. How to stay on fire for God. And many people want to stay on fire. They, they sincerely want to stay on fire for God, but they just find that their Christian lives is what we call a yo-yo experience. Up today, down tomorrow. But we trust that even as we look into the word of God, how to stay on fire for God, that um, you will find your flow in God again. Amen? All right. We are going to begin with Mark chapter 9, verse 49 to 50. Mark 9, 49 to 50. Listen to this. It says, for everyone will be seized, will be seasoned with fire. Notice what it said. Everyone will be seasoned with fire. And every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Now, let me explain something here. You know, when, if, when a meal has no salt, it's tasteless. See, it's tasteless. It says everyone will be seasoned with fire. Everyone. And every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. And salt preserves. In those days, one of the ways to preserve meat from corruption or decay was to salt them. So the Lord is saying here that for you to stay pure in this world, you have to stay on fire. It says, for everyone will be seasoned with fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Verse 50. Salt is good. But if, you, if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. In other words, what salt is to the world is what the fire of God is to us. You see that? And... The fire of God will not function where there is strife. That's why he said, have peace with one another. We'll look at that deeply later. Let's look at something else. Romans 12, verse 11. Romans 12, 11. It says, not lagging in zeal, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Fervent in spirit. Fervent in spirit. The word there is zero. Zeo, Z-E-O. Americans say Z-E-O, right? Z-E-O. It means to be hot, to be hot, to boil, to be earnest. See? To be hot, to be fervent, to boil. Hallelujah. All right, so it says be fervent in spirit. In other words, be on fire with the spirit. Be hot serving the Lord. Because if your service is not salted with fire, it is useless. So everything you do has to be salted with fire. Now let's look at it in the Amplified Version, Romans 12, 11. It says, never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor. You see that? Never lack in zeal, lack in zeal, and in any endeavor, be aglow and burning with the Spirit. In other words, when, you're, when, you're, when your fire goes down, you lose your zeal 
or your drive for spiritual things. So if you find out the word of God is no longer interesting to you, you don't want to pray again, you, don't, you may be lagging in zeal. Maybe you're burnt out. See? So we want to learn how to burn on for God. See, I remember something reading a book by Ryan Bonke. And he said, many people say, Lord, I want to burn out for you. And he said, Lord, he says, Lord, I want to burn on for you. See, you don't need to burn out. You need to burn on. Praise God. It says, never lag in zeal and in and never be aglow and burning with the Spirit. Burning with the Spirit. Serving the Lord. So all our service in the house of God must be something we do on fire for God. You see that? And many people are serving God, going to church, doing all Christian activities, but they are no longer on fire. And so long as you're not on fire, like we said earlier, what you're doing is useless. So you must maintain the glue. You must maintain the fire. Amen? Look at it in the ESV. ESV. It says, don't be slothful in zeal. See, when you find that you're dragging spiritually, you're becoming indifferent. It means you're no longer fervent. It says, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. All right? So we need to know that we need to be aglow with the spirit. See, you need to be aglow with the spirit. And that's the way your service in the house of God will make sense. Amen? All right. So how do we stay on fire for God? It's a good question. You know, a lot of people go around, they, they, they preach the gospel, but is there fire? In Colossians 4 verse 6, the Bible says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. See, you need to be salted with fire. See, seasoned with salt, they mean... They may know how you ought to answer each other. See, when you're on fire, see, you have the right attitude. See, you're not, you're not indifferent to spiritual things. See, so we need to be fervent in the spirit. Number one, consecration. If you want to be on fire for God, you must consecrate yourself to the Lord. You must. Consecration is an unreserved commitment to God to make him Lord of your life in every way. In other words, is Lord in every area of your life, in your finances, in your relationship with others, is Lord. You see that? Let's look at something Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24 to 26. Matthew 16, 24. It says, then Jesus said to the disciples. Now, a disciple is a learner, right? He's talking to those who, who are following him. Those who are imitating him. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Notice, consecration is a choice. It says, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. You know, you can't really follow God or follow Jesus unless you're willing to deny yourself. You see, ego can get in the way. Selfishness can get in the way. Pride can get in the way. It says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 31, we'll come back here. Paul said, I die daily. 
Listen to that. Since I affirm by, boast, by the boasting in you which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. Notice what he said. That means Paul was actually carrying his cross daily. See, you need to take on your cross daily. Because in life, people will offend you. And you must make sure that your decisions are not made out of the flesh. See, because decisions design outcomes. Decisions actually determine um, circumstances. So we need to know that our choices create our circumstances and decision decides our outcomes. So we need to be careful that, okay, I'm offended, but my decision must not be out of the flesh. So you must take up your cross and follow him every day. Every day. Every day. Every day. There's no, oh, uh, so I am tired. No, you don't get tired. You take up your cross. See, let's look at Galatians 6. And I want to read verse 14. And we'll skip to verse 17. It says, but God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the word has been crucified to me and I to the world. By whom the word has been crucified to me and I to the world. How do you know the word has been crucified to you? When the opinions of men no longer matter. See, if the opinions of men matter to you, you can't stay on fire for God. I, I read something by Max Lucado. He said the man who would direct the orchestra as to turn his back to the crowd. See, if you're going to have any influence in the kingdom of God, you must not be crowd-influenced. See, you must be God-directed. You must be spirit-led. See, so consecration is that unqualified committal. You're saying, Jesus, you're Lord of my life. You know, for many Christians, he is Savior. See, he is Savior, but he's not Lord. What do I mean by that? When you get born again, Christ is your Savior. When you start living for him and following his leadership, he is your Lord. If Christ has no say in how you live and how you dress and how you talk and where you live, where you go, who your friends are, what you watch, then he's your Savior and not your Lord. Because to say he's your Lord means he's your boss. He has the final say. See, he has the final say in everything. When you come there, you're ready for fire. See, you're ready for fire. I remember John G. Lake. He told the Lord, he said, I, I will give you 100% of obedience at 100 fold of your power. And he walked in such power of God that still amazes us today as we study the move of the spirit see I remember one time was testifying about the fact that they had a service and those who were coming to the service were following in the power and they were all heaped up at the door at the entrance to enter the place see wherever you find consecration you find power you find fire see if you are willing to go all the way with God God will go all the way with you hallelujah all right, now let's, let's look at something here in um, Galatians 6, 17. It says, from now on, let no one trouble me 
For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. See? The world is crucified to you. You to the world. You're not trying to do things to please men. You live for the audience of one. Then you're ready for it. You're ready for fire. See? You will notice your fire will start going down when you do things to gain the approval of men. See? To gain the acceptance of men at the expense of divine direction. When you start doing that, your fire starts going down. See, before long, you have what we call leanness of soul. Leanness of soul happens when you get what you want and you're unfulfilled. See, it happened to the children of Israel. They were asking for meat. They were asking for meat again and again. And God gave them meat and they had leanness of soul. So it's important that as a child of God, you realize that, hey, I've got to make sure that in my life, Christ is all in all. Amen? Christ is all in all. In 1 Corinthians 6, I want us to read from verse 19 to 20. Now listen to this. 1 Corinthians 6 from verse 19 to 20. All right. It says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom we have from God, and you are not your own? Did you hear that? You are not your own. So you can't say, I, I, I can do whatever I want to do. You're not going to have a life of fire. You have the yo-yo Christian life. See, you must come to a place where Christ owns you. He owns you. When you allow him to have the final say in your life, when you get there and you walk in it, child of God, you will have fire, you will have revelation. See, the reason why many don't have fire is because compromise are set in. And there are many Christians today, they wish they could pray the way they used to pray or study the way they used to study or, or evangelize and win souls the way they used to win souls because at a point, they rebelled against his lordship. See, they rebelled against his lordship. He must be Lord in every way. All right. Now, I want to read you something in um, 1 Corinthians 7.23. It says, For you were bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. It says you were bought with a price. See, don't become a slave to public opinion. I don't know what, what this person will say, what a person will say. It doesn't matter what anyone says. It matters what the word of God says and what God says. See, if you don't live like this, you can't walk, you can't walk in the fire. You, you, can't, you can't enjoy the spirit of vibrancy. The intimacy you desire from him. You will not have it. Hallelujah. All right, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 again, 20. It says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit whom, who is in you and whom you have from God and you are not your own? See? Because in this context, it's dealing with sexual sin. But that's not our focus. Our focus is concentration. Right? Verse, verse, verse 20 now. For you were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. So God owns your body. God owns your spirit. Do you know something here? It says, glorify God in your body and his which are God's. Do you notice something missing there? 
your soul, your mind, your will, your emotion. In other words, that you present to God. He bought you. See, your soul is the seat of your will. You choose. See, you choose to let God be glorified in your spirit and in your body. Hallelujah. Oh boy. Romans 12 verse 1. Romans 12 1. Now if you're just joining us, you're looking at how to stay on fire for God because many people have lost their fire. And um, if there's a time to gain your fire right now, it's this end time. See, it's this end time. If there's a time to gain your fire, it's this end time. So look at Romans 12 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies, watch this, a living sacrifice. Now, People have said all kinds of like living sacrifices because you get up and run away from the altar. That's not what he's talking about. Daily, you take your cross and follow him. You are a living sacrifice. In other words, you no longer live for yourself. See, you no longer live for yourself. You live for Jesus. You are a living sacrifice. It says, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Hallelujah. The NIV says your spiritual act of worship. See, your spiritual act, act of worship. So you offer your body every day. You present yourself to the Lord. Father, today I present myself a living sacrifice. See, and Lord, I trust you for grace to do what you want me to do. And you talk to the Lord. You live in your consecration. See, Jesus says something in John 8, verse 29. He said, My Father that sent me has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. Jesus was consecrated to the Father. So because of that, he had fire consistent. See, he had fire consistent. In John 6, verse 38, Jesus said, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. See that? In John 5, verse 30, Jesus said, he said, I can on myself do nothing. Notice that he, he was not trying to initiate things to impress people. No. Let's not do that. He says, as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent. That's consecration. When you follow the path of consecration, you'll be on fire for God. Hallelujah. You'll be a marvel. You'll be a marvel to your world. Hallelujah. All right, John chapter 7. I want us to look at something Jesus said about consecration. Let's begin from verse 15. It says, And the Jews marvel, saying, How does this man know letters? Having never studied. In other words, he wasn't educated in the school of the, the rabbinical schools. And the man understood the word. He had insight. How come? Give me verse 14 so they can see this. Verse 14. He said, now about the middle of the faith, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. So he was just teaching. He was giving them revelations beyond, beyond human understanding. They knew this must be God. But he said, how come? Verse 15. How does this man know letters having never studied? Verse 16. Hear what Jesus said. Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but he is who sent me. So how come Jesus had revelation that the, the scholars did not have? Because his teaching was from the Father. 
See, when you consecrate yourself to God, then hearing from God becomes easy. See, your selfishness will blind you. And as far as a person, I've learned by the Holy Spirit and the grace of God to do what the Father wants done. Because in doing that, hallelujah, we have better results. Amen? Okay, now let's look at something here very quickly. In verse 17, if anyone wills to do his will, Baruch Hashem Adonai. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know. Notice, consecration heightens discernment. It says, if anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it's from God or whether I speak of my own authority. In other words, the more you, you yield to do God's will, the clearer you see. See, because naturally we are prejudiced. In other words, we can, we have prejudice means to prejudge, you know. You already have your, your worldview and this thing is wrong and this thing is right. But it says, when, when, you, when you're willing to do God's will, you'll be able to discern. See, the reason why many don't hear clearly and they're wondering, oh God, how come I missed you? Because of the fact that you were carried away by your own ideas. You were carried away by your own thinking. See, and that's why we need to let our thoughts and our, and our desires be driven by the glory of God. Look at verse 18. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory. In other words, if you are, if maybe you want to teach, you don't pray, you don't ask the Lord, what do you want to say? Your people, you always do what you say, when you say, so you're seeking your own glory. See, but he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true and no unrighteousness is in him. In other words, you begin to minimize your mistakes. See, for us, for Christ, there's no sin in him. You minimize your mistakes because you, you made up your mind that you're going to go all the way with the Father. See, you need to make up your mind that as far as your life is concerned, it's what God says. If you look at 1 Corinthians 9 verse 16, Paul says something very powerful. He said, if, for if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Notice he has given himself to the gospel. He wasn't doing it for a reward. He wasn't doing it for any reason but for the glory of God. He says he put a curse on himself. Look at verse 17. It says, for if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I've been entrusted with a stewardship. See, so he was willing to go into the ministry Though it may not be convenient. See, there are many people who, like God has called them, are wanting to walk with me, or any other, oh my God. I'm, see, hear me, and hear me well. God can only trust you to the measure of your consecration. I'm going to say it again. God can only trust you to the measure of your consecration. So we have to yield to God. And go all the way. Look at verse 18. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel without charge, that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. So this man was willing to go all the way, even at his own expense. When you're like that, then you're going to have five. In 2 Corinthians 4, we're going to read verse 1 and 2. Paul is speaking here. He says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame. Not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. 
but by the manifestation of truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Do not let the decision of riches, the decisions of riches, the pleasures of this life, and the loss of other things quench your love for God. You know that if you allow these things creep in, where you focus on how much money you can make, it will quench your love for God. I'll show you from the Bible. The greater the consecration, the greater the fire. See, the greater the consecration, the greater the fire. Consecration is the willingness to follow through with divine process. Consecration is the willingness to follow through with divine process. Now let's look at Matthew 3 and um, 13 to 17. Read a few scriptures and um, I trust you're being blessed by what you're learning. Verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John to be baptized by him. Now he came from Galilee to John to be baptized by him. Now John was already popular. And John had instructions from God that the Messiah will be revealed to the world through baptism. See? And don't forget that John had said that at least um, he's not worthy to untie the shoes of Jesus. More so, you need to realize that John also said, or actually Jesus said, that at least in the kingdom of God is greater than John. Now, two things. The least servant is the one that helps you tie your sandal. John said he's not worthy to untie the sandal of Jesus. See? Look at verse 11, Matthew 3, 11. I indeed baptize the word unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize it with the Holy Spirit and with fire. See, so John is saying Jesus is mightier than him. Jesus is greater than him. Jesus is greater. And yet, the Father required that Jesus be baptized by John. You know, I've heard people say that Matthew 3, verse 17, the Father said this, my beloved Son, in whom I well pleased, and Jesus did nothing. It's not true. You must look at the context. See, when you take a scripture out of context, all you have is corn. So we need to look at the context. Matthew 3, 13, the context. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him saying, I indeed, I need to be baptized by you. And are you coming to me? Now notice Jesus is greater than John. Jesus is God in the flesh. See, Jesus is God in the flesh. And here it comes to the least of the least to be baptized by him. Now look at verse 15. But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now. Hear what he said. Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, this is part of the divine process. Let's follow it. Then he allowed him. Look at verse 16. And when, and when he had baptized Jesus, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Notice he had to follow the process. And when he did, verse 17, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Did you see the context? Let's fulfill all righteousness. So when he was baptized, 
and it was coming out of the water. The Bible says the heavens opened to him. I like the way the Bible puts it. It doesn't say the heaven opened over him. No, it says the heavens opened to him. The heavens opened to him. See, there's a level, there's a level of liberty you will not experience until you are fully given to God. Then you are free from the pressure of men. See, I'm going to say it again. There's a level of freedom you will never walk in until you're fully given to God. Then you'll be free from the pressure of men. He says, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him or resting on him. Now watch this. This Jesus who could submit to the least of the least. On the cross, when he said, if you are the Son of God, come down. He was the Son of God, but he didn't come down. He was consecrated to following through with divine process. We're going to deal with that later. We're going to deal with you into the word of God. He was, he was committed to God. If this is what God wants, I'm going all the way with it, even at the expense of self. That's consecration. When you're sold out to God, even at the expense of self, then you will see God manifest himself to you, through you, for you, and on you like you've never known. All right, let's read a few scriptures here. In Luke 24, verse 49, Jesus told the disciples to tarry in the city of Jerusalem until they were endured to power from an eye. Notice it says, Be what I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you endure the power from an eye. In other words, wait. And it was a wait of how long? 50 days from passive. From Passover, they waited. In Acts 1, the Bible tells us Jesus taught them for 40 days. For 40 days. Let's go there. They were willing to follow through the divine process. You know, sometimes we feel, oh, God is taking time. Wait. Wait. God knows what he's doing. All right, let's look at Acts 1, verse 3. To whom also he presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs. Proofs being seen by them during 40 days, speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. They taught them for 40 days. They were waiting. And he told them that the Spirit of God will come upon them, receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon them. And they were witnesses unto him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Acts 2, verse 4. Now let's read verse 1 to 4 so that we get context. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. When the day of Pentecost, hear me, had fully come. Take note of the use of words. See, you must be willing to wait for divine process. See, if you abort the process, you can't fulfill purpose. I'm going to say it again. If you abort the process, you cannot fulfill purpose. If Jesus refused to be baptized by John because John was less than he was, and he succumbed to the praise of John, it would never have been revealed to the world. See, because the Holy Ghost wouldn't have come upon him to release him into his ministry. There are many people who, because of flattery and because of pride, are actually aborting their process, jumping into starting ministries before time. And what happens? 
they make a shipwreck. Disappointment. So when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. There came a sound from heaven. As of a rushing mighty wind. Hallelujah. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And he appeared to them divided tongues as of fire. We're talking about how to stay on fire for God. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Many of us are filled with the Holy Spirit. But many of us are not on fire. See? You can quench the fire in your life. See, I want to show you how to stay on fire. Look at Jeremiah 4, verse 3. Jeremiah 4, verse 3. For thus says the Lord to the men of Judah and Jerusalem, Break up your fallow ground. Do not sow among thorns. See that? It says, Break up your fallow ground. And you'll see what the fallow ground is. Do not sow among thorns. Next. Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your hearts. You men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn so that no one can quench it because of the evil of the doings. Now, these individuals, God was telling them, this is the Old Testament, was letting them know that they will, they will bear the fire of judgment and not the fire of cleansing. See, the fire of God that cleanses is the fire of God that judges. See, so if you want to stay on fire and be cleansed by that fire, then you must break up your fallow ground now and do not sow among tongues. So what are thorns? See, what are thorns in your heart and in my heart? Let's look at Matthew 13, verse 22. Now he who receives seed among thorns is he who hears the word, watch this, and the cares of this world, mm-hmm. what are the cares of this world? The natural things you want in life, when what the things that work in life become your priority. And the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. Notice they choke the word in your life. And he becomes unfruitful. There are many Christians that are unfruitful today because their passion is about how do I get clothes? You know, the kids are about the clothes, what you eat, what you drink, what you wear. God says, seek first the kingdom of God. Don't make that your priority. Don't make that your priority. Make your priority your intimacy with God, bringing pleasure to God, bringing glory to God. If not, you're going to be unfruitful. Mark 4, verse 19. And the cares of this word, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. In Matthew 13, you become unfruitful. Mark 4, the word becomes unfruitful. There are many people that are hearing the word, they never grow. And they can't understand why. Why can't I grow? What is the issue? They have so many messages. See, they have so many messages. They can't seem to grow. They read the Bible, they forget it. It just, it just leaves their mind. Because the thorns, they worry about wealth, about riches, and lost pleasures, would choke the word in your life. Look at Luke 8, verse 14. Luke 8, 14. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with cares. See? They are choked with cares. Here it is, riches and pleasures of life. No, some people just like pleasure. See? There's nothing wrong about the enjoyment God wants us to enjoy. But when that becomes your primary focus, 
you will bring no fruit to maturity. You'll find out that everything you start, you cannot finish it. You start a book, you cannot finish it. See, you say, I want to do this for 30 days, you cannot finish it. Why? Because you are, you are distracted. See, you're spiritually distracted. If you're going to be on fire for God, then you must make up your mind and say, Jesus, I'm going all the way with you. I'm going all the way with you. Let me read something in Second, uh, Second Timothy chapter 3. I want to begin from verse 1. My focus is verse 6 to 7. Verse 1. For, the, for know this, that in the last perilous times will come, that's dangerous times, for men will be lovers of themselves, and that's happening, people that love themselves, lovers of many, greed is driving everything in the world today, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, children are so rebellious these days in many homes, unthankful, unholy, people are very ungrateful. See, living in lives as they want. They, they're not separated to God. Unloving, unforgiving, slanderers. You know, people say, speak lies about men of God. They don't know their private lives and they just lie and slanderers. Without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. What a, what a world, what a world we live. This is the description of our world today. Traitors, headstrong. Think about that. Stubborn people, haughty, proud, lovers of pleasure. Listen to that. Lovers of pleasure. Lovers of pleasure. We're talking about consecration. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Because when you love pleasure, it will quench the love of God. Look at verse 6. Having a form of godliness, but in his power from such people turn away. Notice there's no power in their life. See, wherever there's fire, there'll be power. Look at verse 6. For this sort of those who creep into houses, households and make captives of gullible women. Notice these women who are gullible, loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts. Now, how come you fell for that deception of the false prophet who, who said he wanted to deliver you and he slept with you more than once? You said he wanted a child. The false prophet slept with you for a child. Is that a way to receive a miracle from God? He said, because these women are loaded down with sins, led away with various losses. See, love of the things of this world and pleasures and movies and all this love of all this stuff. Say, they're going to be gullible. Look at verse 7. Always learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Always learning. Are you there? You find you read and read and read. You get nothing out of the word of God. You need to break up your fallow ground. See, don't sow among them. Don't sow among them. You need to come to a place of commitment. You say, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I surrender myself to you. I give you my concerns concerning my, my, my rent, my school fees, my my." Desire for promotion. Whatever. Just give it to him. Put it away. Cast all your cares on the Lord. Something will happen in your spirit. Revelation will begin to come. See, revelation will begin to come. And God is going to show you how to position yourself to receive what is available in Christ Jesus. Because many are learning and never able 
to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, very quickly, before we wrap this up, number two, desire. Desire. If you want to stay on fire for God, you must have a strong desire. We say consecration births desire. See, when you consecrate yourself to God, you now know God is all you have. You can't lie to make money. You can't cheat to make money. You can't deceive to make money. God is all you have. Desire is a spiritual currency. God responds to spiritual hunger and thirst. Now, the Lord brings the scripture to my heart, Isaiah 55, verse 1. I want you to see that the desire is a currency. Isaiah 55, 1. It says, Oh, everyone who thirsts, listen to this, everyone who thirsts, one, come to the waters. You have no money, come buy and eat. Now wait. It says, you have no money, come buy and eat. Did you see that? That your desire, your passion for the things of God is a purchasing power. It says, oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk. Without money, without price. So how are they going to buy it? Hunger. It says, who thirsts, come. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And wages for what does not satisfy. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Let your soul delight itself. Look, listen. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear. Come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I'll make an everlasting covenant with you. Hear what God says. Who's going to make the covenant with? The person who has a desire. It comes to the sure mercies of David. Now, what are the sure mercies of David? Two primary expressions. One, no matter the mistakes you make, you fulfill your destiny. Two, your, your calling and your blessing will go to the next generation. See, they show mercies of David. But it's for the one who desires God. The one who is a man of, a woman after God's heart. God is everything to you. You want to please him. That's all you're after. You have such interest in the things of God. If it's God, you're in it. You are going, oh man, I call the You, God, you want to be in it. It will give you an everlasting covenant. Because of the sure message of David. Look at verse 4. It didn't have given him as a witness to the people. A leader and a commander for the people. In other words, God will give you grace to lead. The people who want to lead, who want to have great influence. Hear me? Go to the place of desire and intimacy with God. David wasn't looking for the leadership position. He got it by being a man after God's heart. That's how he got it. He, he wasn't looking for it. He wasn't looking for it. See? Look at verse, verse 21 of Acts 13. 21. To 22. Listen to this. Afterward, they asked for a king, so God gave them Saul, son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin, for 40 years. And when he had removed him, when God removed him, God removed Saul, God removes people. 
a razor for them, David as king, to whom also he gave testament and said, watch this, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do what? All my will. See, when you're a man after God's heart, all you care about is, what does God want me to do? See, that's all you care about. What does God want me to do? If God doesn't tell you to do it, you don't want to do it. It might be lucrative. It might be, it might be, um, it might be an opportunity to have great influence, but if God didn't tell you to do it, you don't know about it. When you do such, God will increase your influence. You see that? He will look at verse 36. But David, after he had saved his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep. I was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. Notice, he saved his generation by the will of God. So if you want to fulfill destiny, you need the sure mercies of David. And God tells us how to get it. He tells us how to get it. You need to be a man or woman after God's heart. You're thirsty for the things of God. Look at Isaiah 44 verse 3. Isaiah 44 verse 3. It says, I'll pour water on him who is thirsty and floors on the dry ground. I'll pour water on him who is thirsty. And floors on the dry ground. Notice, I will pour water on him who is thirsty. Who will he pour water on? Him who is thirsty. And floors on the dry ground. So God is saying that if you are thirsty, you want more of me, I'll give you more. And I'll pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. Notice that it's transgenerational. Because of that desire, God puts it on you and puts it on your children. All right. Psalm 27 verse 4. Let's look at this man, David, quickly. Psalm 27 verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek. One thing, what is it, David? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, to inquire in his temple. You see that? All right, let's look at... Psalm 26, verse 8. Psalm 26, verse 8. Look at this man, David, again. Lord, I have loved the vision of your house, the place where your glory dwells. Okay. Psalm 63. Let's read from verse 1 quickly. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there's no water. In other words, my desire for you is like when you've not drank water for days. See, David probably would have been on a fast here, on a dry fast. My soul thirsts for you. Oh God, you're my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. Now notice why it's difficult to rise early. You know why? Born out. You know how early you used to rise and run to the presence of God? Because when your soul is on fire for God, then you're going to rush to God early. You're going to rush to God early. Hallelujah. My flesh longs for you in a dry and tested land where there's no water. Next, please. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Next. Because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Hallelujah. Next. Four. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift my hands in your name. I have lifted my hands without knowing. So my soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise it with joyful lips. Verse 6. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. You see that? When you keep your heart and mind on God, 
Look at Isaiah 26 verse 9. With my soul I've desired you in the night. Say desire. He said, yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. When you're, when you're on fire, you will rise early. See, and it's my prayer that as you're hearing this, may your fire be stirred in the name of Jesus. We attract what we desire. See, desire is a force. See, it's a force of attraction. We attract what we desire. And for you to have that desire, you must, be, you must make it clear that God is everything. Is what you want. Is is the one you seek after. Is the passion of your life. Amen. Is is what you want. Jeremiah two verse thirteen. Quickly, it says, "For my people have committed two evils; they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters." Did you see that? And the human and sees a broken season and hold no water. They forsook God, and they they human themselves systems systems. See, to hold water. No, God wants to live in water. Living water is water that flows. It's a freshness. God wants you to be spiritually fresh. See, what you're hearing right now is fresh. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 17, verse 13. It says, O oh, oh Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be ashamed. So those who depart from me shall be written in the earth because they forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. You desire that living water. And what did Jesus say in John 7, 37 to 39? Oh, this is so beautiful. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, which is in power, let him come to me and drink. Next. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now notice what blocks the water is when you forsake God. You begin to make other things important more than God. You're focused, how do I make more money? How do I do? Hey, hey, have you focused on your relationship with God? You start from there. That's the most important thing in your life. Because if you get all the money in the world, without a healthy relationship with God, it's all empty. It's all empty. See, make God the big thing in your life. Desire Him. And verse 39 says, But this is spoken concerning the Spirit with, with whom those believing in Him will receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Let's look at this. Always more in God. No matter where you are, there's always more in God. Let's look at Ezekiel 47. Let's begin from verse 1. Then He brought me back to the door of the temple. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's someone watching. You have a pain in your right shoulder. The Spirit of God is hitting your right shoulder. So I want you to move that shoulder. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. The sun rises in the east. Jesus Christ is the Son of Righteousness. So, when we keep our focus on Jesus, the water flows. See, you want to have fresh flow of the Spirit in your life. Then you must keep your focus on Jesus. For the front of the temple face east. And what are flowing from the right side of the temple, south of the altar. Jesus is the right hand of the Father. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So, if you want the flow of the water, 
to flow from your heart, which is God's altar, then you must keep your focus on Jesus. Jesus must be number one. Verse 2. He brought me out by the way of the north gate. Hallelujah. Now these are spiritual symbolisms. See, the, the Bible speaks of God who sits in the sides of the north. See, he brought me out by the way of the north gate. That's a place of fellowship. And led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. See, when, you, when you're intimate with God, when you're flowing with God, Jesus remains your focus. And there was water running out on the right side. And a man went out to the east. With a line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. And he brought me through the waters. The waters came out to my ankles. Baruch Hashem Adonai. That's your walk. That's your walk. You just got filled with the Holy Ghost. The waters to the ankle. Then he says, Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. And the waters came up to my knees. Your prayer life. Your stability. He measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Your loins, your productivity. As you go deeper in the things of God, the more productive you will be. Baruch Hashem Adonai. And he measured 1,000. It was a river that I could not cross. For the water was too deep. Water in which one must swim. A river that could not be crossed. Child of God, there's more in God. There's more in God. You must have a strong desire. Desire is so important. Desire, desire, desire is so important. But you're going to kill your desire when you're chasing after these things that God says should be added unto you. We don't chase things. Things chase us. See, things chase us. I want you to think about it. Everything I'm wearing is a gift. You don't chase things. You don't chase clothes. The person who gave me the wristwatch, I've never met that individual. The person who gave me the shoes, I don't even think we've met. If we've met, I don't know. Someone said someone called him from Abuja and asked for my side and bought the shoes and they were sent to me. Someone that I don't think we've met one-on-one and exchanged pleasantries. Let's go for God. Make him your priority. Make him your priority. What others are running after will be running after you. Make him your priority. Child of God, make him your priority. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2 verse 2, As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. There's always another level in God. We have to be changed from glory to glory. If you want to stay on fire for God, number one, consecration. Number two, desire. Child of God, that's the way to go. And I trust the word of God has blessed you. Thank you for listening to this message. As we preach the full message of this new life, our goal is to raise the people who are like Jesus. 
by exposing them to the influence of God's Word and His Spirit in an atmosphere of love so that they may be able to take the love of God, the Word of God, and the healing power of God to every individual within their sphere of contact. For more information on how you can get other messages by Apostle David Wale Fesso, visit us at Charismatic Renaissance International Church, Kilometer 9 and 10, along Isaac Borough Expressway, Biogulu, Yenegua, Bayoso State. You can also visit our website at crichurch.org. Follow us on Facebook at Charismatic Renaissance or call 003 382 7072 or 005 120 4708. God bless you.